Hello, and welcome to issue 28 of the Bad Coyote Funky Preview Podcast. This week we're going to talk about the movie club. This week I was fortunate enough to be able to pick the film, and I selected Ghost in the Shell, a 1995 Japanese cyberpunk film. It has mystery, a strong female protagonist, and tons of badass action. So, yeah, guys, um, Ghost in the Shell, it's a pretty well-known big anime. It was actually, um, not my first exposure to the franchise. I, uh, first ran into it via the TV show, Standalone Complex. It was the first time I ever had to take a step back and really think about what I just watched. It was completely different than anything I had seen up to that point. I was used to things like Dragon Ball Z and Pokemon. They're a ton of fun, but they they don't really have a, a clear message. And while I was definitely too young at the time to fully process what it was I had, uh, had just seen, it certainly inspired me to look into more animes that, that looked into conflicts beyond that of, of a fight or a challenge. It was something more, more philosophical. So uh, I ask you guys, what was the first anime you watched that changed your paradigm, that changed your tastes? I uh, I feel like I gotta jump in here. I've always felt the message of Pokemon was pretty clear, and that Pokemon. you you have to catch them. <laughs> you gotta catch them all, and be the very best, like no one ever was. Yeah, you know the, the whole only theme way. song. I mean, one would argue. I mean, to catch is... them is your real test. To, to train is your cause. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you're gonna travel across the lands and searching searching far and wide. And Pokemon they... who understand. Well, we'll understand the, the power that's inside. inside. The power that is inside. Pokemon. Gotta catch them all. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Driving it into the ground. On now we're in China. Casey, will, Casey will you teach me and I'll teach you? Pokemon. 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 Alright. Before we get to the rap, <laughs> just let's let's try and We should keep just do an entire this. podcast where we just, just do like TV show fucking intros. Just, I'll just talk it it's the whole re- it's through. Not even, the we, entire don't even, we don't even sing it. We, it's a read-along. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We just talk it. William Shatner would be proud. It's a read-along. Well, for for the, for the sake of discussion, I'll address uh, Casey. What was the first anime that you watched that, that, uh, that changed got, your tastes? That got me thinking. Yeah. I'll level with you. Um, nothing's immediately springing to mind, but I will say, Cowboy Bebop opened a big door for me into the world of jazz music. Yeah. Mm. No, same actually. I my grandfather used to uh, play in a in a in a band. Uh, Every, uh, every now and then, and I never really, I mean, this is bad of me, but I never really uh, had the inclination to, to just go for the, for the pure music. I would go to support him, but I never really um, thought much about the music until I saw Cowboy Bebop. It really kind of gave a lot of, um, almost gave depth to the music. It just associated yeah. it with, with these positive memories that I didn't have before. It also gives you a kick in the ass if you, like, don't know anything about <laughs> jazz and you're like, holy shit, like, this is what jazz can be? Like, it could get you jumping out of your seat. <laughs> like, holy yeah, crap. Yeah, seriously, it's, it's especially, the way, uh... especially the way that they, they coupled it with action. Like, uh, when the intro, I remember I first saw that anime on Adult Swim, as probably a lot of us did. Except for one of my other buddies who claims, no, I've seen it before. <laughs> I got it on a Japanese import VHS tape. 
I sat before and I'll swim. Are, are you casuals? Are you anime casuals? Um, in any case, yeah. I mean, when I first saw it, I was like, what? What is this show? This is really cool. And I mean, the intro just started. I knew nothing about it. And I was immediately just sitting there, just drooling. I was like, ah, uh, this is cool. And it has a pretty good soundtrack. Like, uh, the opening theme song is called Tank by the Seatbelts. Yeah. And uh, they have a pretty good discography. Um, so memorable. Yeah, there's some other um, really good songs in Cowboy Bebop that's really, really funky. Like, one's called uh, Piano Black, and it's just like a piano starting off. Cats on Mars. Yeah. I feel like we could just name the entire soundtrack off the top of our heads. (laughs) Listen to that thing (laughs) so many times. And it's really cool the way they couple the action and everything with, like, this, like, funky jazz. And and it meshed really well together. And then, you know, like... Yeah, pair out two completely different genres that you would never associate with. Like you're talking like space age, like noir action with <laughs> with this high tent with this uh very high energy <laughs> big band, not big band actually. It's bebop, I believe. Uh, jazz, jazz music. <laughs> it's bebop, I believe. A cowboy bebop. Ah. <laughs> ah, see what they did there. That's but uh, yeah, and then, and then you get like. Um, <laughs> Marvel vs. Capcom uh, to oh, two doing the same yeah, thing. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I'm going to take you for a while. <laughs> and then they have, like, uh, the whole soundtrack is is, is amazing. Like, because uh, in the first Marvel vs. Capcom, it didn't have that much jazz, but, like, something happened, the shift happened, and then in, in two, they had more of the jazz, and so you were fighting with uh, all this jazz music playing, and it was really, really cool. And uh, Street Fighter Third Strike did it as well, and it just went so well. Something about just, like, hardcore action and just, like, funky rhythm and stuff so yeah Cowboy Bebop is a really good pick dude I remember like with the especially the theme song Tank when me and my I was probably on like when we still made mix CDs probably like eight different mix CDs I had <laughs> in my car and we and my buddies would be driving around like eight of like no six of us stuffed into one little tiny car and that would come on we felt like we were like in a high speed chase and we're like looking around the car like oh crap <laughs> cops are here man we gotta get that guy that's quick so cool. it's a job oh my god like that's what it was for us so <laughs> such as me and like the song I liked, I always loved, and just just brings a little tear to my eye was um, what's it called, the real folk blues. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, the ending song. Oh my, oh my god. god, that song. Yeah, it's so sad. Like I hate when the animes that like, do that. They put all these really sad songs at the end, so you're just really emotional about the show ending. You're like, no. Even if the episode wasn't like heavy in any way, the song is like, oh no, I don't want you to go away. <laughs> yeah, fucking uh, fairy tale. Does have you ever watched fairy tale? They they'll incorporate it in like the last like few moments of the ending scene, and then it'll it'll slowly transition to to the ending. And it's it's so sad because you hear it start as the characters are like looking at each other or something like crazy is going down, and then it, I'm like, you're like, no, it can't end here, and then boom, you're most a lot of animes go go do that. It's crazy. Yeah. So, uh, how about you, Sergio? What was the uh, first anime that you saw that really changed your paradigm? <laughs> that changed my paradigm and me had my Big brain words. synapses forever. <laughs> Maybe you had a yes. paradigm shift, perhaps. Mm. Or speaking <laughs> of anime and Paradigm City, how about Big O, huh? That's, uh, I was never yeah. a, a fan of Big O. <laughs> oh my God. I love Big O. I, I think it's it's a good uh, juxtaposition. If this wasn't your Western. show, I'd say no. get off of it. And, uh, no, like I saw animation. yeah, I, I saw Big O as like a ripoff of Gundam with like like the '90s Batman aesthetic. Well, I'm like, you know why, right? Like, what is this? It was uh, the same studio that did all of the animation for the '90s Batman show, so they used their oh, no um, shit. Yeah, Studio Gynax of... did huh. Batman the animated series. They out they outsourced um they outsourced the animation. I did not. Hmm. I, yeah, that's that's nuts. 
and uh, that's actually there's uh, that's why there's some glitches in the uh, in the machine as far as how certain episodes panned out. Like, uh, in I think I was watching the commentary for the Mister Freeze episode where you first see him, and they go in they go into how there was uh, a couple of uh, mishaps with how they were um, uh, what was the word uh, directing them just through mistranslations, and I think the last scene where like he like has that tear out of his eye. I think they wanted it to turn into a snowflake or they didn't want it to. I don't remember exactly but yeah, there were some issues that came about because of it, but it did result in this really, really unique anime that was actually more popular in America than Japan. Big O. Hmm. The more you know. <laughs> you don't have to take a word for it. Yeah. Alright, but you were saying, Serge, your, your pick. <laughs> um, let's see here. I don't know if there's one that changed my paradigm. I, mean, I guess like the Ghost in the Shell did it, which is why it's a really good pick for the the movie club this month. Um, I would say one that really made me think, and one that was pretty cleverly done, uh, was Death Note. Absolutely, that yeah. one talked about morality like no one's business. It, it it really did. It had a theme of morality, and uh, just the way that I've never seen a character in an anime. Mm. So Beast, like it's just so like light Yagme, but so uh, he's an intellectual, he's so intelligent. Because every, everybody else, I mean, uh, there's like the goofy hero, he can save the day and do stuff like Goku, uh, even uh, Spike Spiegel and Cowboy Bebop. Like he was smart, but they still had his goofy traits, and you know they, they make it serious when it's time for a fight. But I, I never saw like intelligence, like pure pure intellect until Light Yagami. And uh, for those who don't know, Death Note is about the world. Uh, it's, it takes place in Japan. And there are these uh, beings called uh, Shinigamis, and they're like death gods, pretty much. And they have these death notes, and that's how people die. They write, when it times up, they write your name in your book. So every so often, one of them will get bored, and, um, you know, they, they'll try to find a way to, you know, entertain themselves. So one of them uh, dropped his book into our world, and it had instructions on the back. Uh, or the front, because it's Japanese. I think it was in the back. Yeah. Anyway, the back uh, in context. Yeah, yeah, the back in context. Anyway, and uh, Light Yagame, who was a, a college student at the time. Um, yeah, like I was a college student at the time. And was, working uh, as a know, police intern. Yeah, I was a police intern. He was walking around and he saw this book. He's like, oh, what is this? And he tried it out. And, uh, you know, he killed this guy, a criminal that was going to go to death anyway on the news. And he was like, what? That's the name of the that's the name of the guy. That, that's the guy right there. He died of a heart attack. What? And he started reading the rules and what you can do. And he started, like, timing things out. Like, he got on a bus and, you know, he's like, oh, this thing will happen at this time frame. And between this and this time, this will happen. And everything just came to fruition. And he just kept, like, experimenting with it. And he got really, really smart. And there was somebody else who... Who's, you can he'd say are you smarter than him who's trying to catch him and i was thinking huh this is really interesting i've never seen something so well planned and thought out in anime before and the cool thing about uh death note is that it, versus something like a uh, cowboy bebop or, or even dbz is that in those shows it's so easy to 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 rationalize and justify what you're doing like in dragon ball z oh majin buu just killed half the planet all right so he's he's the villain now we have to spend this entire season fighting this one foe that or cowboy bebop where you have these like specific targets that have some some reason but with death note you have to face this this world where where the villain can be killed within 30 seconds of of writing their name in a book and what happens when you run out of of really terrible people to, or, to kill people or who pages, right? Well, I mean, do. Jesus. Yeah, Did like you... what happens? What happens when 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 you really are such a successful executioner that 
that there are no more villains left. Who do you target? And that, that's, that's the question that Death Note brings up again and again. And, and uh, it's that moral, dilemma, moral battle between Light and L that, that carries the show in a lot of ways. And most dynamic chip eating that I've seen in an anime <laughs> to date. Oh, <laughs> I'll take a potato chip. And eat it. <laughs> See, I've actually never seen so the anime. I've uh, I only ever uh, read the manga. I, I don't, and I've seen the live action, f- the first two live action films. Uh, those were. Uh, I heard that the the um, the English dub of the live action films was really bad. I think that uh, I watched them in Japanese, so I, I thought they were fine. But they apparently used the American voice actors from the anime to voice act the live action rendition of the of the characters and, and that just sounds like a very bad yeah. idea yeah and that and yeah right there that's kind of, that's kind of an issue right without even any further discussion <laughs> to me it, to me yeah, it almost makes me wonder if like they ever did a batman movie and then they just dubbed over the actor with kevin conroy <laughs> i mean think about it it could it might work that might exist wait it's like a dub of a dub wait of does a dub? that exist am i no come on are you messing with me that, no that can't exist oh, okay <laughs> A okay. fan dub. Don't don't freak me out, man. I'm not prepared <laughs> for this kind of shit in my reality right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I can fix this for you, Casey. How do you spell your name? C A S E Y. And in 15 seconds, choking. Okay. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Why not in 15 seconds? Witnesses that Amber we about. for questioning me. Four seconds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do me next. Do me next. Do me next. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, we joke here. We have fun. <laughs> we like to have the fun. We have so much fun. But, but yeah, no, Death Note's definitely a good choice. Um, what about uh, you, Dave? So, first anime I ever saw, and they, they kind of like equal each other, because I actually cared for the characters in this one, was um, Vampire Hunter D. Ooh. Ooh. So, I saw that when I was about... Seven or eight, when we first moved here to Connecticut, I obviously should not have seen that, but you know, it happened. <laughs> little, little violent. Yeah, it kind of explains the humor I have nowadays, you know. But um, <laughs> yeah, I loved it because I like the idea of like this, this like unbeatable hero with the large sword. You know I me, mean? large swords. You know, and like how he's half vampire and half human and boobs. You know, but um. What I like. Yeah, for those who don't know, Vampire Hunter D is a very—it's a dystopian future, like a post-apocalyptic world where um, there's these mutants, demons, like roam the world and kind of have their way with the population. And then there's just this one guy <laughs> who goes around ending them, and uh, it's yeah. uh, very satisfying. And, and pretty much, and I like the fact that he had like you know long like long hair and whatnot, just wore all black, and it's like, oh, it's me when I'm growing up, sweet. And, and he's like a part. He's kind of like part monster. He's part like demon in a way. Yeah, like, like he has like how a weird. How do they describe vampires he's, in that world? He's like a part demon. He has like a weird like vampire, like not vampire. He has a weird like parasite in his hand and stuff that like helps him out and talks to him. And I just like when it, when it got me as a little kid because you know the hero technically lost. When I was a little kid, I was used to seeing like in the cartoons where the hero gets the girl and wins and everyone's happy. But this, it wasn't happy. At all. Yeah, he beat, like, the main vampire, but he still left. He didn't get the chance to stay, you know? He still had to leave and go on, like, on his journey. 
And yeah, yeah. I mean, the movie starts out on a pretty heavy note, like immediately. Oh yeah, absolutely. This person, this person's—it's not, not like is this person going to get taken by the vampire? She's like turning, and you only have like a few days before it's over for her. And I think, like, also, you know me, I always do multiples, but, like, the other one that caught me, like, right after I saw it, maybe not too long after, was, uh... Because that was my first taste of anime, and that's... And I didn't see another anime until I was much older, like, until... I think my brother came back to the army, he showed me, uh, Ninja Scroll, which is, like, by far, like, one of my favorite animes. It's about this, um... Basically, like, this town gets poisoned in, like, feudal Japan, and they send, like, these samurais to investigate it, and the samurais become, uh taken out by this like that giant rock demon so it the main character in it is a guy named by name of uh i think his name was jubei or something like that and he's like just he comes passing through a town like this rock demon's about to kill this girl and he fights the rock demon and he basically kills the rock demon or at least he so he thinks he kills the rock he brought the rock demon and so he helps the girl on her mission to report about what happened in the town and after that like all the other demons start chasing him because he killed the rock demon and like he has to fight them all off and whatnot and it's just such a great story. Animation's really awesome, and it's just, you know, like, samurais and ninjas, like, fighting it out with, like, katanas and whatnot, so it's, like, super bloody, but, like, the characters who really, like, fall for, like, every one of the characters, and that was, like, the... When I saw that, that's when I realized, like, anime could tell a story in many ways that a movie couldn't, you know, because, like, when you watch, uh... Depending on, like, a, the, what the movie is, like, for instance, let's take, um... Cowboy Bebop. You'd make that live action, it may not be as great as it is when it's animated. Something about it being animated lets you suspend the disbelief a little bit more. Or even just the serialized nature of a, of a TV show. I mean, with a, with a movie, you only have, like, one, two, maybe maybe three hours <laughs> um, to, to tell a, a complete story. And, and you don't really have time for a character development if you want to also convey uh convey like a, a crazy elaborate story you have to balance out the two where with with an anime or, or a tv show you really can you just have so much more freedom and opportunity to to flush this world out to a point where uh where, where i'm surprised that a lot more tv shows don't go that extra mile and uh and, and, and another reason why shows like that do mean so much it kind of show you oh wow there there are these shows out there that just give so much more depth to these characters and but the, yeah, yeah, it's and especially like if you take into account like uh, another like another like classic anime Akira, which again like if you were to do that movie same amount same length of time, same amount like le- running time, but make it like live action, it won't be as great story wise as it is. Oh yeah, absolutely. Animated and like I noticed like when when starring they... Keanu Reeves as Kaneda. <laughs> <laughs> Tetsuo. Ten- Tetsuo. <laughs> More like, am how, I right? How long have you been waiting? How long have you been holding that? Oh, yeah, ever, seriously. Ever since I heard about it. <laughs> oh my god. Casey's been waiting this entire podcast. Like one day, if I stick along with these assholes, we'll talk about anime. Greg's known about this up. since May. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I knew it. I fucking knew it. I knew you were. <laughs> All part of the plan. Now we don't have to do any more of these uh, issues anymore. All according to Kaikatsu. All set. <laughs> All done. Ladies and gentlemen, you just tuned into Casey's last podcast because I think he's going to leave after this. He finally oh, did great. his joke. He's good to go. We're having fun. But yeah, um, so how about you, Greg? Um, so I kind of have one and a half answers. So uh, the Cowboy Bebop movie really, like I really liked it. And it, for me, it showed me that it's not all about like, you know, like, 
having something build up over time. The first five minutes of that movie was probably the best five minutes in an anime ugh, movie that I've seen. You ever see Redline? I've actually never seen the uh, Cowboy Bebop film. How is it? Like, what, what's it about? It's I, it's it's essentially like a story arc condensed down to a movie. But um, the I first like five minutes were awesome because it it shows what I, what I like to call like the James Bond opening, where it's like it shows this like little mini caper that they get into, and it doesn't have anything to do with the rest of the movie. But it's just really cool. Like, there's a convenience store robbery going on, and Spike just walks in with headphones, and he's just like acts like his music is blasting and he's kind of just looking for snacks and he's, you know, dancing around and stuff like that. And uh, all of a sudden the robbery just unfolds in front of him and all the stuff goes down. And then it turns out that, um, you know, Spike obviously takes him down very easily without even taking off his headphones. And it turns out the guy who was doing the robbery or his crew, they had a bounty on. So that's why he was there. So but, does it take place before, or during, or after the show? I think it's during the show. Well, because Faye is in Yeah, it. yeah. So, so it's definitely during the show. That's cool, though. So it definitely had a lot of a show-don't-tell going on there in the opening. You kind of got a good idea of what kind of person Spike is just from that, you know? Like, yeah, and even his crew, too, because um, a few of the other guys were there. And you, you see the dynamic. You see what's going on. You don't. You didn't have to have watched the show in order to enjoy this movie or get an understanding for the characters, which was great. Um, but in terms of an anime that like really kind of got me you know really more into anime and really to like help influence my not my views on just anime but like more fiction in general in, in the balance of seriousness over comedy is uh trigun because Ooh, for me it's been forever since i've seen trigun yeah it's been a couple years for me too but for me the balance that vash the stampede has between like being a goofy klutz and being like you know he's he's very personable and he's the very sixty likeable. billion double dollar man. Yeah, <laughs> and like him, and him. You know, you see how he earned that title. Essentially, like you see how much of a badass he can be. But that's not his default state. Was very was very interesting ju juxtaposition. Um, and I also, I, I like the idea of the myth behind Vash more so than like him himself you know because everyone's like oh he's a super dangerous guy he wears his red jacket all this stuff look at and all those every... scars yeah and when everyone meets him they never assume he's vash right off the bat <laughs> that's always great because he <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't <laughs> always try to hide it either he's... No. <laughs> i think what i remember what i the first thing i saw about uh trigun wasn't even i didn't even see the anime i just saw the toys everywhere like at gamestop or eb mm. games when it used to be eb games I just remember, like, the, the the big, massive, like, purple dude with, like, the chain guns, like, on his arms and whatnot. Like, he wears them on his collars. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, like, one of the first guys that Vash Stampede, like, takes on. It's, like, I remember seeing that toy, and I'm, like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and I picked it up, and I'm, like, Trigun? What the fuck is this? I gotta watch this! And I never saw it until, like, it finally came on Cartoon Network. Yeah. Because I didn't see it until, like, I think maybe, like, ten years later, dude. And I was, like, oh, now it all makes sense. Holy God, this shit's amazing. You know, I think I think the thing about uh, Trigon, which I really liked, is it is it kind of uh, takes the uh, I don't mean to harp on Dragon Ball Z again, but it takes kind of that that Goku trope where you have like this really uh, this really funny main character who who occasionally just gets really strong, but with Bash, he he is always um, like broken, powerful, but he has this this facade that 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 you only see him as the vast majority of the time and the world only sees him as but 
but there is this added depth to the character because there is this 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 thing underneath the surface and kind of figuring out why he doesn't show it or where or, or where it went um is a huge is a huge part of of the character mm. and it's uh it's definitely something that when i saw i was i was taken aback and also fun fact for those listening at home uh the second iteration of the black power ranger from mighty Morphin power rangers did the voice of vash that. Johnny Young Bosch. Yeah. Nice. I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I like a lot of these. Like, I'm a big fan of American dubs. And I know that's like the biggest thing in anime ever because everyone's like, oh, you got to read the subtitles. I'm like, I don't want to read the subtitles. But uh, I really like around that era, like, you had uh, Cowboy Bebop, Trigon, although they were well, they were very well voice acted. Um, and even like the, the lesser known characters, they did a pretty good job, except women. The women on there still kind of like. Oh yeah. god, yeah. <laughs> really sweet. They I mean, talk like I this. mean, I mean, I'm a huge advocate for watching these subtitles, but those are the the animes that were very well voiced by by English actors. Like, I, I agree, absolutely yeah. agree. Something, something about that time, they just got it right. I don't know it's, if it's the quality of people that that they that were around or people that wanted to do it, but yeah, the the women were very annoying. It's very like, hiddenness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they still didn't know what to do there, but the the men were, men were great. But the women always came off as like very whiny and high pitched. I don't know why. It's like you don't need to make them sound like that. It's not. Yeah. It's, well, it's I not I, I think I know why. I think they were trying to mimicking the Japanese counterparts because if you like like on, of the few of the subtitles that I've watched. A lot of the women were like the very, the very, very meek women were portrayed as that with their voice acting. So I think they tried to mimic that in English, but it doesn't work at all. Yeah. So in the name of the moon, good. I'll punish you. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> See other Tenchi. Yeah. Oh, and Tenchi Muyo. I forgot about that. Oh, Tenchi Muyo. Tenchi Muyo is a good one too. It's so good. That was um for me. That was one of those those shows that like. Same cast, different universe, and they never really remember from the previous one, and it just built on one another, and it was just very cool. Like I never knew which Tenchi I was watching because it was always like you know, yeah, it was I like Tenchi like Muyo, Tenchi in Tokyo, yeah, Tenchi, uh, something else. There's like in space yeah, or it, something. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was really cool because I didn't know that anime could could do that. I was like, what? What is this? I quite it, it taught me a lot. It also taught me the genre of Ichi anime, which I had no idea. What, I was just like, what is this? <laughs> I think Tenchi is more of a harem, but it's getting there. It's borderline Ichi. <laughs> it is, it is. But if you if you look it up, like it, it, they put on the category of Ichi and harem, it's weird. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. There's definitely a lot of Ichi stuff in there. It's all about definitely. that Gundam wing, guys. Gundam wing, or just Gundams in general. Yeah, <laughs> Gundams in general dope. are always a safe bet for a fun show. <laughs> I heard the new one is pretty good. The Iron Blooded Orphans. Oh yeah, no. Speaking of, uh, of a paradigm shift for <laughs> for stuff, um, it is completely different than the past two Gundam animes. For some reason, I don't know why, um, but Gundam has kind of a, it's kind of like loathes its own its own formula. I, at least the uh, the creator uh, Tomino, he doesn't like that um, shows like Double O, um, which was much more, um, focused on a modern day, like war politics and like the war in the Middle East. But, um, so the following shows, uh, I think, I don't remember the name exactly, but it was like G con something. And then there was a uh, Gundam age. They wanted to kind of bring it back to the original, which, uh, was more approachable for children and failed 
miserably at it. Both shows um, <laughs> had terrible ratings. They actually got them kicked off the major network, major uh, network that they were aired on in Japan. So before um, Iron Blooded Orphans was released, everyone sort of uh, viewed it as a do or die for the for the franchise. It's uh, it was either like Gundam's going to get back on its feet or it's it's just it's gone. And Iron Blooded Orphans <laughs> is probably the most brutal Gundam anime I have seen in my life, and I've I am only on episode three. <laughs> It's uh, it takes it to to a whole nother level of uh, of realism, and I think that they definitely know what people uh, have been asking for, and oh, wow. they're appeasing us. But yeah. <laughs> well, guys, like all good things, uh, this podcast for the preview podcast, the Bad Cody Funky, yeah. must come to an end. Thanks everybody for uh, coming on tonight. Uh, tune in with us. Thursday, 9.30 Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash badcodyfunky. Also, another reminder, coming up on Tuesday, we have Star Wars Battlefront releasing. Uh, we'll be playing on the PlayStation 4 if you, if you want to play with us. Come to twitch.tv slash badcodyfunky on PS4. And, uh, yeah, we'll invite you to our party and we'll uh, kill the rebel scum. Yeah. Student loan debt, PSN. Scum. Student loan debt, PSN. <laughs> well, through the channel, they'll, they'll get all of us. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. So, yeah, uh, don't forget to check us out on iTunes. Also, if you're on Android app, download the SoundCloud app and listen for Bad Cody Funky there. Until Tuesday, I mean, uh, Tuesday on Twitch.tv and for the uh, actual podcast on Thursday at 9.30 Eastern Standard Time. On the cast today, we have had Amber. Hey, yo. TV's Casey. Hey. Booster Greg. What up? Dave the Beater Menace. Yo. I'm Sergio. Thank you, guys. Tune in with us in Bad Cody Funky. Dot com. Check out everything there. And tune in with us on twitch.tv slash back See you later, or see you another time. Or never.